Well, if you have your Bible, go with me to the book of Luke, chapter 11. Luke, chapter 11, verse 1. I'm, I'm going to give this sermon a title. It's called, How to Accelerate Heavenly Activity in the Last Days. How, when I got the title of this uh, revival, immediately the Lord gave me a message to teach, and I, I went back and forth until I just surrendered, but I, we went teaching on uh, the fear of the Lord at the church. But the Lord showed me that we can accelerate heavenly activity in the last days. And so we're going to give you keys to understanding effective prayer. Keys to understanding effective prayer. Did you find Luke chapter 11, verse 1? Luke chapter 11, verse 1. I'm reading out of the New King James Bible. I will flip-flop from time to time from one Bible to another, but I'm going to mostly read out of the New King James Bible. But um, follow along with me, and we all get to the same place. Amen? Luke 11 and 1. It says, Now it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, Teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. Verse 2. So he said to them, when you pray, do what? Do what? So when you pray, there shall be some corresponding action. There shall be some saying happening. Then he says this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I thought this was an interesting prayer that... Jesus has had his disciples pray. This is the disciples' prayer. A lot of times we think it's the Lord's prayer, but it's really the disciples' prayer because he told them to pray a specific kind of way. And it's interesting to me that Jesus said, he didn't say to them, pray that you may come to heaven. He didn't say, pray, Lord, get me out of here so that I can come to heaven. Look at the words of Jesus. He said, pray this way. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done where? On earth as it is in heaven. Now, one translation says, in earth as it is in heaven. So, Jesus wants us to pray the will of God in earth. We are earth. So that the will of God can be done on the earth. You can't see the will of God done on the earth unless the will of God is first being done in the earth. Now, so Jesus said, don't spend your time praying to come to heaven. Don't spend your time laboring, getting on your face, calling out to the name of the Lord just so you can go to heaven. You say, why not? Because heaven is a lock. If you are born again, God has already given you heaven. John chapter 3 says that you have been born from above. You have been born of the same seed, the incorruptible seed that Jesus Christ was born of. And now you've been made to sit with him where? In heavenly places. So we are already in heaven. Say, I'm already in heaven. I'm already in heaven. So God doesn't, God is not so concerned about you coming to heaven. God is more concerned about you bringing heaven to earth. So we must learn then that prayer is no longer a common thing. But prayer is a necessary strategy to accelerate heaven's involvement in our earth's realm. So successful prayer is what's needed to enter into the kingdom culture. Say the kingdom culture. Now, what is the kingdom culture? The kingdom culture looks like this. 
Prayer is not to be looked at as a religious activity. You can't pray religiously and operate in the kingdom. Let me remind you, Jesus didn't come to bring a religion. Jesus came to bring a kingdom. So we, got, we have to enter in to the kingdom culture, and the only way you can do that is through kingdom prayer. Now, here's the second thing. The kingdom culture is this. Prayer is a heavenly alignment to accelerate God's mind and God's will on this earth. Prayer, your pastor just said it. I, I, when you were saying it, I was like, doggone, he's going to preach my message. <laughs> but that lets me know that it's not just my message or his message. It's the Holy Ghost and what he wants to say. So prayer aligns heaven and earth. Prayer brings us to a place where heaven and earth are in alignment. And when heaven and earth are in alignment, then there's a direct download of whatever you need. See, you don't have to worry about whether or not God's going to answer your prayer. When you are aligned with heaven, things are automatically downloading your life. All right? I'm going somewhere. Now, so in order to have successful prayer, then we must understand righteousness. Now, what is righteousness? Righteousness is not something that you are or trying to become. Righteousness is not something you're trying to become, but righteousness is something that you are. When you got born again, you didn't, you didn't have to try to become righteous. You were made righteous. Now, Adam was created righteous, but then he sinned. And so he was righteous. Where he was righteous, he became unrighteous. Let me, let me help you with something. When Adam walked with God, he had the love of God. He had the faith of God. He had the, the, the prosperity of God. But once he sinned, all of these things turned in reverse. So what was love became hate. What was righteousness became unrighteousness. What was faith became fear. Are you listening to me? And so whenever Adam sinned, all of the forces that was coming out of him now began to work in a whole different direction. And the curse came on the earth. So now Adam was righteous, but then he became unrighteousness. And, because, and where he was a child of God, now he was born again from death, I mean from life to death. Where he was a child of God, he became born again from life to death. That's why people say, uh, you know, they don't believe in evolution. I believe in it. You say, what does that mean? I believe not that man went from an ape to a human or the goo to the zoo to you. I don't believe in that. I believe that man went from the presence of God to the animal he is today. But say we're in a new season. And God, who has made you righteous, because when you got born again, now everything that was working against you is now going to start to work for you. Where you had iniquity and you had the nature of Satan, now you have the nature of God. So now, when, when we got born again, our new nature became righteousness. But our body and our mind was not changed. 
So we had to renew our saved minds so that we can grow into this revelation of righteousness. Now, let me show you what I mean by that. Uh, let's say we have a pig up here. And that pig has just come out of the mud. And so that pig is nasty, that pig is dirty, but that mud pile is right there next to the, cat, the first cat church of Sugar Land. And so a cat sees that pig and he brings that pig in and that cat begins to try to transform that pig from the outside in. So the pig, uh, they try to put some faux fur on the pig to make it look like a cat. They cut the pig's ears to make it have cat ears. They take the pig's tail and they stretch it out and put a little fur around the pig's tail and they teach the pig to say meow. <laughs> so now you got a pig who looks like a cat, acts like a cat, meows like a cat, and he's in the first church, first cat church of Sugarland. Now, he has a Holy Ghost good time in that church. He shouts, he oink, oinks, and, I mean, meow, meow. <laughs> then he goes outside and he runs into a buddy of his. It's called Mr. Mud. And Mr. Mud said, hey, what's up, homie? Come on back over here. And without fail, he doesn't hold anything back. He runs back to Mr. Mud and jumps in the mud and begins to wallow around, and that cat fur gets all nasty, and that tail begins to curl back up again. Them, them pig ears begin to lay back down. What happened? Even though he was dressed up like a cat, he wasn't changed. Now... You see, I see another cat, and he comes from the Champion Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this cat says, listen, I don't want to try to change you. I just want to introduce you to the one who can change you. So he brings him into the church. He don't try to take the mud off the pig. He don't try to, take, he don't try to straighten up the ears of the pig. He don't try to straighten out the tail of the pig. He just said, come in as you are. And so as he comes in, as he, as he is, he hears uh, Pastor Cat Liddell minister a powerful message. And as he's listening, something is happening on the inside. Something is changing on the inside. He's never felt this way before. And God is doing spiritual surgery and removing that pig heart and putting in a cat heart. And so now, when he walks out of the church, he runs into his buddy, Mr. Mud, again. And so by soul habit, Stay with me, church. By soul habit, he goes back to the mud, but now the mud don't feel as nice as it used to feel. The mud don't, the mud don't, don't, don't please him like it used to please him. The mud don't satisfy him like he used to, like it used to satisfy him. Why? Even though he changed, didn't change on the outside, God did a transformation on the inside, and he received a new nature. And see, I'm telling you, once you get righteous, you may not change on the outside. I looked at my hands, and they look new. I looked at my feet, and they did too. Well, listen, I looked at my hands. My hands still look like the little old hands I had. I looked at my feet. My feet didn't change. It's still crusty old feet. But I knew something that changed on the inside of me. And where I used to, where my feet used to go, they didn't go no more. And what my hands used to touch, they didn't touch no more. Why? I had a new nature. Say, I have a new nature. Look at your neighbor and say, you have a new nature. And your nature is righteousness. Hallelujah. Now watch this. So why must we understand righteousness? 
Because of James chapter 5, verse 16, it says the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man does what? Avails much. So if I want my prayer to be effective, then I must have a revelation of righteousness. Number two, why must I understand righteousness? Because when God needs our cooperation to get his will done in the earth, we may feel inferior because the enemy works overtime to keep us in sin consciousness. Now, what is sin consciousness? It's what I did yesterday. It's how many times I messed up in my past. And what this sin consciousness does is that it wipes out faith, and you need faith to believe that God will move when you pray. Now, number three, why should I understand righteousness? Number three, I have been made the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20 says this, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, do what? Be reconciled to God. Now look at verse 21. For he made him who knew no sin to be what? Sin for us. That we might be made, I like the King James Version, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So Jesus, who never committed any acts of sin, took upon sin. Now, was that fair? No, it wasn't fair. But he did it because he loved us and he did it by faith. So then... We who never did any acts of righteousness, we exchanged coats. And even though Jesus, who never committed any acts of sin, willingly took our sin coat. Because you can't go into hell without sin. And when he took our sin coat, he in return gave us his righteousness coat. So it wasn't about what I did did to make me righteous, but it was about what Jesus did to make me righteous. It was his righteousness that I took upon me. Uh All right? Say I'm the righteousness of God. So now, you have to understand that you were made righteous and that you are right with God and that you fellowship together. And you have become oh, this is going to be radical. You have become just like Jesus here in this earth. Now, I'm going to say some radical things to you today. That's why I had to tell you that you're the righteousness of God. You're not righteous based on what you do. You're righteous based on what he has done. You're not righteous because of your bad works. You're righteous because of Jesus' good works. You're not righteous based on, uh, on bad doing. You're righteous because of, of, bad, of good believing. Are you understanding what I'm saying? So say, I'm the righteousness of God. And say this. This is, this is strong. Say it. I'm just like Jesus in the earth. I'm just like Jesus in the earth. All right. All right. Now, y'all ready? So how are we going to accelerate heavenly activity? How are we going to do that? Through prayer. John Wesley started the Methodist Church. Now, do you know why the Methodist Church is called the Methodist Church? Because they had a different method. All right. They were tongue talkers. Amen? Now, look at what John Wesley once said. He said, without God, man cannot. Amen? That's true. Without God, man can do nothing. But what's equally important is that without man, God will not. 
So, we know that without God, we can do nothing. But did you know, just as important as us, our dependence on God is in this earth, he depends on us just as much. He depends on us because without man, God will not. Now, watch this. How do we define prayer? How do we define prayer? Prayer is an earthly allowance of a heavenly interference. Prayer is an earthly allowance for a heavenly interference. In other words, God cannot do anything in this earth unless we first allow him to do it. In other words, God says that you have to give me access in order to move in your life. So, let's, let's look at something then. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Hmm. Have you ever thought about this? Why isn't God doing anything in my life? I, go, I mean, I go to church, I read my Bible, and surely he should do something in my life. Listen, let me tell you something. Your good works came by God. Let me tell you why. God is not for sale. So it can't be me working good to get God to move. It's got to be something else that's going to get God to move. So, so you waiting on God to move, but God is waiting on you to do something. All right, here we go. Verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have what? Over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Look at that. You've got authority over creeps. <laughs> Verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Watch this. Male and female, he created them. He did not create man to have dominion over woman. In other words, when God originally created male and female, he created them equal. Now look at verse 28. Then God blessed them. Say he blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. So now God began to transfer power to Adam. Now, when God speaks, a lot of times we think God is communicating, but really when he's speaking, he's transferring power. Have you ever heard the, the, the scripture that says, God is not a man that he should lie? Uh -huh. You know why? Because everything he says is truth. Everything that comes forth out of his mouth is truth. So let's say we were all in here today, and today is Sunday, uh, September the 16th, 2018. Now, if Jesus walked in here and Jesus said, my, isn't this a lovely Monday at 2 o'clock on October the 1st? You couldn't look at him and go, Jesus, that's not right. You lying. No. Every word that comes forth out of his mouth is true. So all of a sudden, it would turn to October the 1st, Tuesday morning, whatever time I said. 
So God then, if you will allow me to do this, God then built a house called the earth. And as long as Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-25 was happening, God was the sovereign, God was the one in authority, God was the one in power. So everything that happened in the earth was God's responsibility. Amen? So let's imagine God builds a house, he erects the roof, puts windows there, puts the doors there, he makes it beautiful, but then he calls up a man. And he says to the man, let man have dominion over the works of my hands. Now, the house that God built all of a sudden becomes the responsibility of a man. So now everything that happens in the house is now his responsibility. And I can't come in when I want to because I turn my authority over to him. Now watch this. What, what did God say when, when Adam fell? What did God do? God said, Adam, where are you? Adam, where are you? Why did he do that? It was God coming in that garden saying, can I come in your house? Ooh, I got somewhere to go with this. So God said, can I come in your house? Because I no longer have the keys to come in your house. Have you ever looked at the scripture in Revelation when the Bible says, behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man let me in. Have you ever noticed that a doorknob is not on the outside where Jesus is? The doorknob is on the inside. So you have to let him in. He's not going to force his way in. So hold up the keys. So now man has the keys. Man has authority. Man has the right to let activity from heaven come to pass. So man then, we have to think about what is a man. Because even an angel said, what is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man. Let's go there. Uh, uh, let's go there. Turn, turn with me to Psalms chapter 8. But I'm going to read some things while you go in there. What is a man? A man doesn't have a spirit. I know y'all know this already because you got a good pastor. A man is a spirit. And he has a soul. Soul made up of his mind, his will, and his emotions. And he lives in a physical body. The physical body is his earth suit. So it gives him legal access to be in this earth. I don't want to get ahead of myself. But man is a what? Spirit. This spirit man has a soul. And this soul is a part of the spirit. And the soul and the spirit is housed in the body. So man is a spirit. Say man is a spirit. Now, we are spirit that lives in a dirt body. So even though you may have black dirt or brown dirt, or white dirt, or yellow dirt, or for some of you who tan, orange dirt. <laughs> the true you, watch this church, is not your dirt. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The true you is a spirit inside of this dirt. Uh, so don't let nobody judge you based on your dirt. Uh, 
Your value and worth is not in your dirt. Your value and worth, come on church, I should have got a better amen than that. Your value and worth is in the spirit who you really are. Yeah. So nobody can tell you you can't do something because you're a black woman. Nobody can't tell you something because you can't, you, you can't do something because you're a white man. Nobody can tell, tell you you can't do something because you're an orange man. Listen, my value and worth is not in my dirt. Yeah. <laughs> the Bible says that I can, I can, I can, spirit, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. So I had some guys challenge me. They said, man, do you it's hard for a black man to build a church in, in League City. I said, who are you talking about? He said, I'm, I'm talking about you, a black man. I said, huh, I'm an in Christ man. In other words, I'm not going to let the color of my dirt limit what God says I can do. Oh, you better shout church. Don't you let the color of your dirt limit what God says you can do. So why are we having these issues in the nation today? It's not a skin issue. You're not limited by the color of your skin. It's a sin issue. And another thing is, and I ain't got time to go there. My time is running out. It's a unrenewed mind issue. Systematic way of thinking that has caused people to continue to live like slaves when God has called you to live like a king. Now, did you find uh, Psalm chapter 8? Look at verse 3. Now, I want to tell you real quickly what is a human? A human is a humus dirt, humus dirt plus man spirit. Humus dirt plus man spirit. Now, Psalms 8 and 3. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? Look at verse 5. For you have made him a little lower than the angels. Now, cross that out in your Bible. Write the original Hebrew of that, and that says Elohim. Elohim. Elohim is God the creator. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So, for you have made him a little lower than Elohim. So right below the God, God Trinity, right below the Trinity is man. He said, well, well, angels have authority over me. Listen, if an angel can have authority over you, then Jesus couldn't defeat the devil. Now look at this. And you have crowned him with what? Glory and honor. Now, let's look at verse 6. You have made him to have what? Dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. So everything that God created, everything that God created, everything that God created, sun, moon, stars, universe, planets, everything that God created, he's put it in the hands of a man. Have you ever read in Joshua where the Bible says that Joshua looked up at the sun and said, son, stand still. And that son said, okay. And the Bible said that the sun didn't go down for a whole day. So, man then, the Hebrew word for man is ish. So, ish 
was made a little lower than Elohim. And Ish is spirit, and spirit, man, is in the God class. So God took an Ish man, put him in a human's dirt body, and he called us humans. Then God said to the human, have dominion and authority. Now, if you're taking notes, write this down. The only being that has legal rights on earth to function and dominate, given by God, is a spirit in a dirt body. I'm going to say that again. The only being that has the legal rights on earth to function and dominate, given by God, is a spirit in a dirt body. The most powerful thing that you possess is your body. That's why you can't fill up your body with Milky Ways and bonbons and, <laughs> and Twizzlers and whatever else is out there. I don't know. You can't fill your body up because once your body is gone, you can't get another one. All right, here we go. Now, here's another statement that I want you to write down. Any spirit without a dirt body is illegal on earth. Any spirit without a dirt body is illegal on earth. That's why demons trying to possess bodies. They trying to get legal. That's why you need to pray for your president. Pray for the vice president. Pray for those leaders. Why? Because they are principalities and powers in heavenly places trying to influence the leadership of this country. They are seeking legality. And if they have legality, then watch this. It may not necessarily be that man's idea that's causing persecution to come on the earth. It may be a demon influencing that man. See, we're talking about accelerating heavenly activity in the earth. All right, here we go. Any spirit without a dirt body is illegal on earth. That's why when you die, you become illegal. Uh, let's say this jacket is my body. As long as I'm in this body, I got life. It, it, this body has life. Amen? But once I die, my body cease to exist. But I keep living. So as long as I'm in the body, I can stay on this earth. But the moment I step out of my body, I got to go somewhere else. I can't stay on the earth. That's why the Bible says that when we die in Christ, we shall see him, what? Face to face, if you're born again. But if you're not saved, the moment you step away from your body, you're going to go to your father, which is the devil. You understand that? Say amen. amen. Now, whoo, go to John chapter 4, verse 24. Are y'all still tracking with me? John chapter 4, verse 24. Do you have the scripture? John chapter 4, verse 24. Can somebody read it for me? God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Okay, can you say that one more time? God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Any spirit without a dirt body is illegal on earth. Say it again. Any spirit without a dirt body is illegal to operate on earth. God is spirit. 
Any spirit without a dirt body is illegal to operate on the earth. God is spirit. Any spirit without a dirt body is illegal to operate on the earth. So now we understand why Jesus had to come. All right, all right, I ain't there yet. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. So God, unless God has a human dirt body, he made himself illegal to operate on the earth. Now, why did he do that? Go to Psalms 89, verse 34. Look at this. Verse 34. My covenant I will not break, nor do what? Nor alter the words that have gone out of my lips. God, when God says something, he will not violate his own law. God gave authority to a spirit in a dirt body. And he says, I cannot legally operate in the earth unless I have a dirt body. I can't change that because I will not change my covenant or alter the words that have come out of my lips. Have you ever thought about when that snake, think of, just think, just think for a moment. When that snake told Eve to eat that fruit because God was lying to her, Eve took of the fruit, and she started to put it in her mouth. Why didn't God go to Eve and say, don't eat that? Why didn't God just stop it from happening? Because he didn't have the legal access to do it. So even though it was not his will for Eve and Adam to eat the fruit, he had to stand back. It wasn't his will. He had to stand back and watch man give over his authority to a rogue demonic spirit. Now the Bible's going to start to make sense now. Why things are happening in the earth? Why are bad things happening to me? It's probably because man has allowed it. We think God is allowing it. But see, God will allow what you will allow. Any spirit without a dirt body is illegal on earth. 